Hello and welcome back to another episode of Media Munchers. I'm Athian. And I'm Adrian. And today we are going to bring back the news a little bit. Um, I just found a couple stories that interested me. I wanted to get your thoughts on Big Apple. <laughs> the first one we're going to bring up is uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek considering advertising on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and when we first found this, you mentioned, the, and you also drew the parallel like he did, to the Hulu Plus model, or Hulu, I guess. What are, is there any different names for it, or is it just Hulu, Hulu without ads? Um, I think it's just that, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. Regardless, you can pay more for, yeah. you know, less ads. And Can you get completely ad-free Hulu, or is it like 40 bucks a month? I think you can. <laughs> it seems like really expensive. It's definitely an upcharge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know they have structured tiers where it's like less ads, and then, like, mm-hmm. I don't even think, do they have a completely free one at all? Or just like a tons of ads? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. That's so weird. Anyway, yeah, it just blows my mind that um, they were the kind of the first to have so many tiers in their model. And uh-huh. now we have the CEO of Disney like thinking the same thing. In the interview, he even, uh, he even said, I think what's driving it is that it's a great combination of great content and it draws a lot of eyeballs, a lot of interest. But at the same time, really sophisticated modeling and technology enables their advertisers to target exactly who they want. He later brings up kids and all of that. But I'm like, I think the whole appeal of all these subscription services, especially like Netflix, is like the, there yeah. is no ads. Right, Because exactly. if they bring them back, we're just going back to cable, but with extra steps, aren't we not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, bruh, there's no way they're thinking about this. At the end of the day, it's all about that green Big Apple. They yep. want those greens. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> if prices, no, if they do implement that, are you guys still keeping Disney Plus, or does it depend on how much they change prices up? I guess ultimately, yeah, most I think me and most people probably would yeah um continue buying uh, or paying for Disney Plus mm-hmm. but it, it is like it is that that uh sort of diminishing returns, returns and all returns, that yeah yeah especially like I think if they do it too extremely it's going to push a lot of people back to pirating and all that stuff because yeah. as of what says the Walt Disney Company reported that Disney Plus had 116 million subscribers worldwide as of the third quarter of 2021 so, like, you know, they've come a long way, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's plenty more for them to get. I think Netflix has, like, a lot more than that. Don't they have, like, something like 500 million? Oh, something know. like that? I'm going to find out real yeah. quick. I'm actually super intrigued. <laughs> the Netflix subscriber count. I'm sure it fluctuates depending on what they do and don't have on. Right, As of, of 2021, they have 209 million global paid memberships. Wow. I thought it would be way more than that. That's still a mm-hmm. lot. But, man, Disney caught up almost pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, they did. So, yeah, that begs the question. I mean, do you think – I think a lot of people would leave Netflix because they, they haven't had ads ever, well, like to my knowledge, in terms of like, no, the streaming service. So, so yeah. like, to, to suddenly switch up. But I think if Disney switches up, Netflix might consider it. You think so? I don't know because, like, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of extra dough. You know what I mean? And if yeah. they see that Disney Plus doesn't slow down their subscriber count and their success – they might follow suit because that's a lot more money in their pocket as, as opposed to just subscriptions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just interesting that, that these big streaming services are edging back towards that. Cause I, I could say the average consumer obviously doesn't want that. You know what I mean? No one wants to see more ads than they have to see. Right. Right. So especially <laughs> if you're paying for content. So I don't know. I don't know how successful Hulu is, but Disney owns them too now. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. Um, this was, I thought was really interesting. Apple is researching whether data from its iPhone could help detect depression, the Wall Street Journal reported. Uh, I thought that was really intriguing because we're in the world of a lot of wearables. You know, we have our Apple Watches or whatever, Samsung Galaxy Gear, whatever they have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that uh, in this study that they're conducting with researchers from uh, UCLA, 
um they're working with like the biotech and biogen biotech biogen and the university of california um they're working with these uh, researchers to like use the iphone's video camera keyboard audio sensors as well as the apple watch to collect this data and they would include how we speak how often and how fast we walk our heart rate our breathing rates our sleep patterns and more and on one hand i'm like well that's really neat because like you know not everyone could live in a doctor's office yeah. so like it would be really neat if uh your technology could tell you hey man like maybe go get seen you've been actually pretty slow lately or you've been kind of like kind of weird and drowsy mm-hmm. but on the other hand i'm like man that's kind of like it's almost pushing the boundaries of like privacy and like you know how how invasive is technology supposed to be you know what i mean like yeah and can it be used for good or bad i don't know what are your initial impressions on it do you think it'd be well i think there there could be some good that comes, comes out of it, it actually mm-hmm. uh uh obviously but um yeah it is it is questionable like what what could they do with this data and like who owns it who yeah. owns your data you know what i mean because mm-hmm. like and what do they do with it do they monetize it is it purely for research is it purely you know benevolent is it just for your own good you know what i mean right, there's a exactly. lot of questions that come with it yeah and i wonder how effective this can be because like with anything nothing's perfect you know what i mean so like what if what if like someone gets like a false positive and they're like hey you're depressed you should go get checked and then they're right, like yeah. a normal sane person is like what <laughs> i'm depressed and yeah. you know what i mean it like wrecks them psychologically and they have to go get help and the doctor's like nah you're good chill you yeah I, mean? I wonder how accurate these these things could actually be right it is just like i would assume it, it would be for the watch right um yeah primarily uh it's actually primarily the iphone as well as the watch in conjunction because mm-hmm. the, okay. the apple watch uh, tracks your sleep and obviously how much more accurately how much you walk and move and stand up and all that yeah and in the newer Apple Watches, you can actually get uh, blood oxygen and all kinds of, there's all kinds of sensors they're stuffing in these things nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they're also using the iPhone's video camera. So I'm like, well, does that stay on board? Is there like onboard facial recognition and newer ones with face ID where like it detects that you're frowning a lot more, or that you're displeased, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, and that, w- that would mean that it would be watching you the whole time. Right, but who is it? Like, like right. are they going to structure it such that it's onboard technology that like it only stays local to the iPhone, mm-hmm. or is it actually being sent back to headquarters and right, like right. all these algorithms are you know decrypting what you look like and like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions, a lot of ethical things raised by it. But if they could do it right and they could convince the public that it's safe and not intrusive and that they're not going to capitalize on us, that could be really interesting. And I wonder how much good can come come of this. Yeah. So. I'm uh, I'm tentatively on board. I'm like, mm, how effective can that be? So I guess that's mm-hmm. what research is for. They're gonna find out. So that piqued my interest. <laughs> but um, we're gonna take a small break, and when we get back, we're gonna review What If episode six. Okay, and we're back, and it's time to start a review of a What If episode six. Um, Killmonger to the rescue? Question <laughs> mark. Um, <laughs> this is the episode I've been waiting to speak with you about for about a good week now because. I really thoroughly enjoyed this. And we talked about it briefly in passing before this. And Mm -hmm. you basically said that on one hand, I misspoke and I said, wow, this is like kind of like a better Black Panther. But you actually corrected me and you were like, well, this is so good because of all the context that we have already. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Having having seen Black Panther, having that information already known Mm -hmm. and then being presented with this new uh. Uh, sort of take on on Michael B. Jordan's character's story, mm-hmm. um, and and that's what I really yeah. latched onto when you said that because I was like, you know what, this is what I meant. I meant that like this was the most compelling like origin story for that character mm-hmm. that I have seen, and I I really uh, grasped grasped onto it and I attached to it because I was like, this is crazy because it really like spins the whole MCU into like his path. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean between like the opening, which was basically like beat for beat, um, Iron Man one, right until he saves him. 
Right. And then right. um and then they come back and you know he's just Mr. Joe Schmo, you know Tony loves him obviously, he saved his life. And he literally calls out like uh what what was his name? Oh, um, uh Obadiah Stain. Obadiah Stain and yeah. his whole plan and he was like clicking <laughs> through him like is he a good guy in this? Like he's, you know, he's helping Tony out and right. Obadiah was like, "No, I don't know anything about that." And like he's, "No, I got the read receipts. Come on now." He busts it on on him. Yeah. And then like, yeah, he gets into a whole scuffle on stage and then he like makes him head of like uh, security, which is like a joke uh, for Happy or something. And oh right, right. Because uh, in Iron Man three, he actually had that position. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I had forgotten about that. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that was funny. Um, Pepper skeptical the whole time, naturally, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I thought it was a really solid episode. The pace was amazing. I mean, it's thirty, thirty-three minutes like the rest of the episodes, but it feels because we cover so much ground mm-hmm. uh, plot-wise, it feels like it could have been an hour-long episode. Yeah, there was almost no wasted minute. No, yeah. and I felt like everything landed, everything worked. Um, my uh, Mick Wingert's Tony Stark was really convincing. I appreciated the voice acting there. Yeah, yeah, um, he was good. Yeah, I loved the. Uh, we talked about it, and everyone's beat it to death already. But I love that they kept in Michael B. Jordan's uh, love of anime, and like they yeah. made it like Gundam inspired, <laughs> like yeah, these that drones. Was, that was dope. Because I was like, wait, is he gonna help Tony become Iron Man? But no, they go a more logical direction for their universe. And I was like, oh, right. okay, they make just basically drones like from Iron Man Two, but better. And I was like, that's interesting. And he's he's just climbing the ladder, man. I mean, um, well, Killmonger is just climbing up the ladder, and he's like kind of making things go his way. And then they set up the whole uh, vibranium deal, reminiscent of Age of Ultron, with yeah. um, uh, uh, Ulysses Claw, Claw right? Yeah. Exactly. And so, and then they have Rhodey up there running point, and I'm like, what is going down? And sure enough, we find out about the double cross, mm-hmm. and I'm like, whoa, okay. So it's <laughs> it's moving along, man. And I'm just I'm there for it the whole time. And, of course, we get uh, our introduction. He makes his way to Wakanda in a similar way he, that he did in Black Panther. He takes Claw up to it, makes a peace offering, yeah. slides his little way in. And it's it's even more compelling because he claims to be on their side and he claims to want what's best for Wakanda. And he feels like he missed out. And he kind of uses his uncle's guilt against them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he really slides his way damn near to the top. And he even fights. Um, his own drones. And that, that works, right? His little yeah, backdoor yeah. method. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it earlier, but that... Everything landed for him except like that Wakanda Forever call. <laughs> yeah, that was a little awkward. I was like, oh, it doesn't yeah. sound right coming from you. <laughs> um, and then we even have um, T'Challa again, like, because uh, he kills him during that exchange uh, for the vibranium. He he kills Black, yeah. like Black, Black Panther, and so he ends up taking his spot um, by drinking the purple herb. I don't know. If, I don't know the specific. The heart shaped. The heart shaped herb. Yeah, yeah, he drinks it. He becomes it, and he even talks to him in the afterlife, and he's like, "Was it worth it?" And it's like, he's like, you're going to fail. Yeah, like, he had his like little Thanos moment. He did, he did. Yeah, yeah. Cool. he did. Yeah. And I was like, man, I was like, and he's not phased. He's like, no, nah, I did what I had to do. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Like, it was just, everything was so compelling because like, I wasn't rooting for him, but like, God, I really appreciated his execution and his like, his attention to detail and all the thought he put into it. I was yeah, like, it was very methodical, yes. his approach. To- and I was like, and then that's why I, t- I think I attached to it so much because, um, the parallel between Infinity War, like where the villain technically wins, but mm-hmm. the villain is so damn like can, like had so much conviction and had a plan and felt righteous in their own way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what uh, really allowed me to attach onto this what if. And uh, sure enough, you know, sure we skeptical the whole time, and by the end we're we're, pre- we're basically greeted with like a, a mid credit scene, if you would. The last scene is uh, Shuri meeting with Pepper and like, hey, right, yeah, yeah. our interests align. Like, let's let's handle this. Yeah. And so they're obviously setting up a. Uh, you know, like a, a sequel, if you would, in season two to this. And I'm very interested to see how it goes down. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like I'm the most invested in this episode <laughs> as of right now. So, yeah, it was it was really cool. I like the um, I think the the animation was best utilized 
in this episode. Yeah, I agree. Specifically with the the drones, um, seeing them in the battle at, uh, in Wakanda, mm-hmm. that uh, just looked stunning. It did. It did. Yeah. I, everything really hit, especially exactly, especially with that fight. Yeah. Um, I know in the past, I don't, I wouldn't call it Uncanny Valley, but I would say like they either don't draw enough lines on some of the characters' faces, mm-hmm. or they draw like too many, and it looks kind of weird and jarring. Yeah. Um, but everything to work really well everyone was textured really well mm-hmm. and everything was really believable and the animation yeah like you said really served the uh the medium this show best in this episode i would agree with that like i said it was just like, for me it was like up there man like 9.5 10 out of 10 what if like it was really <laughs> it's like my favorite one this season it has yeah, to yeah be mine too easily yeah hands down um so if the rest can keep up, keep up this quality or intrigue me as much as this one, that's gonna be great. Uh, when do you think they're gonna cross over? Because I'm pretty sure the next one, the one that just dropped yesterday, was is the Thor oh, right. one. The party party Thor. Party Thor. Yeah, I, I don't know anything beyond that. So yeah. <laughs> um, we're about to go watch it after this. But um, yeah, when do you think they're gonna cross over? Like nine, ten, or I don't know. How, so do they are they stopping at ten or is no, it twelve? No, I was episodes? reading and I think it was closer to like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, uh, yeah. What if episode? Because if if that's the case, then yeah, maybe around episode ten or eleven. Yeah, and then if so, you think that's just gonna be a one off, or is it gonna affect the rest of them going? I forward? I feel like they're they're just dipping their toes in. I think gotcha. they they might just uh, do it for one maybe two episodes, mm-hmm. and then uh, setting up what like. Having having them do more in right. the second season with crossing over, right? Because if 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 they do cross over towards the end of this one, and whether it stays one off or it stays confined to one universe, um, yeah. they still have to be able to use this <clears throat> what if concept to explore separate universes still. Mm-hmm. So I think they're gonna try and balance it, like you said, like they'll dip their toe, but then they'll go back to these one off universes. But then something has to bring everyone back together, right? Right. In one another episode, so. I think that's a it's a, it's an interesting way to go, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes. Now, let me ask you something: um, What if is what if anything you want? Is there if you <laughs> could like just call the shot in one episode, a concept that you want to see written and produced and animated? What would you want to see and why? So I was actually thinking, because um, so Tony in this episode was talking about the similarities between him and Killmonger, right? Um. And I actually think that Loki is kind of closer to Killmonger than Tony is mm. in some ways. And so I think them having a, some kind of interaction would be neat. Would be pretty neat. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. That yeah. would be interesting. You know, you know what might actually uh, make that end up happening? This is totally spitballing. Yeah. So we go back to the episode, what if uh, T'Challa, T'Challa was Star-Lord, right? Right, and right. then, like, somehow he's like, nah, I'm coming for you. Like, I got to go handle you, right? Like, Killmonger has to go, like, he just has some sort of reason where he needs to go out into space, right? Yeah. He uses whoever's help. And then either Loki aids him in that, or maybe uh, Loki works with, like, maybe he works with him, or maybe Loki works with T'Challa. I don't know. Like, the three of them interacting in space mm, would be, like, yeah. crazy. Like, I don't know. Let's see what they get into. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, Big Apple. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's our review yeah. of What If <laughs> Episode 6 um it's a short one so i think that's all we got today so uh come back next week where we got what if episode seven and more we'll figure it out um for media munchers i'm Mathian, and i'm adrian and we'll catch you next time